And we are live for the 10th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. It's me and Ryan here tonight. How you doing, Ryan? Well, the Yankees just uh, won their first opening day in, since 2011, so I'm doing pretty damn good, Luigi. Yeah, um, you know, that's it's one of those stats that you really doesn't really hit you until every opening day when you would just see that tweet like year after year up. It's been this many years, four years, five years, six years. Tom Chamberlain won the last opening day. Yeah. He's just know. I'm feeling crazy. Um, but today, you know, today was about many things. Uh, but let's just let's just address the elephant in the room. John Carlos Stanton hit a home run in his first at bat as a New York Yankee. I mean, can you script it any better? Can you like, unbelievable for from the man who said that we signed him as a free agent one time in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it feels damn good to see that guy. His first guy can't say in pinstripes. He's not in pinstripes yet, but his first game as a Yankee to just hit what was it? The, like, I, there's a stat cast for everything with Stanton, but the hardest opposite hit field ball in the history of stat cast. I mean, just ball was a absolute rocket. And then in his last at bat, another home. What a game! Uh, it really you like they said afterwards. You could not have scripted that any better than what happened. And that one inning, I think well, there was the fourth or fifth inning where. It was literally just Judge gets the hit, and then Stanton drives him, and then Gary gets it. You just that at that point, it was the dreams, the what we've dreamed of since we had gotten Stanton, since we had acquired Stanton, had was just a, happening before our eyes. So, Ryan, how, how excited were you just watching that lineup? Well, first of all, Luigi, if it makes you feel any better, my uh, a couple of my roommates who know nothing about baseball also thought that we signed John Carl Stanton in the offseason. That makes me feel better. So, it just you know make you feel a little bit better about yourself, but yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just, it's an 80 degree day here in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm just sitting on my bed, window open, breeze flowing through my hair, which according to some people is really nice looking. I don't always agree, but, and just seeing John Carlos Stanton hit the ball that far and with so much authority and so much little effort put into it, it's just absolutely phenomenal to watch, especially now that he's on our side and not having to see him do it against us, even though we rarely play the Marlins, but (laughs) It, it still matters the same. Just seeing him on our side, and like you said, first inning we have guard to get on because the grand the grandy man can't catch a line drive. He's thirty seven years old, and the outfield can't catch a line drive. Don't know what that's about. But <laughs> what, a, what an what an entrance! Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, the, the Toronto fans were uh, very pleased when he caught his next fly ball. But anyways, Judge struck out, which was pretty unfortunate. But you have John Carl Stanton on deck, so if Judge has a moment like that where he takes a bad swing, a bad pitch. And you have John Carlos Stanton on deck, and he can just do what he did. It's absolutely phenomenal, and just it's really hard for teams to get around that. Because honestly, I didn't think Jay Happ pitched that terrible today. I just think the Yankees lineup was just too much for him, and I think a lot of pitchers are gonna be dealt with that once the um, they play the Yankees in the future. Well, something the Yankees lineup just does so well is like it's as a team, like one through nine. Obviously, everyone except Didi, but they just work the pitcher. They work the mm-hmm. count. I think J.A. Happ had ninety six pitches through four and two thirds. I mean, he was just about at a hundred. I'm not sure if he had that many, but he was. You know, he was closed in on hundred pitches, not even five innings. And yeah, it's like they just do that to a lot of pitchers. I forget how many uh, pitchers they got out before the fifth inning last year. It was. Quite a bit. I mean, they did it a lot. And, it, you know, it's not just from pure power. It's not just from pure offense. You know, it's from working counts, getting deep in accounts. Guys like Gardy, even guys like Hicks, are good, obviously Judge, very good at working deep in accounts. And that's what they did today. And, yeah, I mean, just 
Stanton's stat line, just to read it off to make official, three for five. He had three runs, the home, the two home runs, four RBIs. Um, just <laughs> really, you cannot script a better debut than what he had. But really, the whole lineup was hitting today. Uh, they had 11, you know, only six runs, but they ended up with 11 hits. Uh, I believe the only guy that didn't get a hit, the only two guys that didn't get hits were that started were DD and Austin. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Wade Perfect. obviously is one at bat, didn't get a hit, but yeah. yeah honestly, bad. Luigi, I was like, obviously, you can see what was in the um, the box score, and you can see guys like Stan and Judge and Gardner had good days, but even in the box score, you can't see like I think every time Neil he had a strike. No, he didn't. He um had a weak pop up in his first at bat, but every single time he hit the ball, he scorched it. I mean, it found some. It found the leather half the time. Made a great play. Um, yeah, he made good wild, defense. Heavy, uh, pickoff. Yeah. But he made a nice stretch. He made a nice stretch towards the end of the game. Made a sweet, sweet sliding grab to save uh, the overthrow and the pickoff. Hit a couple balls in the gap. Uh, let's see. Even Gardner went one for five, but I'm pretty sure he smoked. As uh, our good yeah, friend Sean, as our good friend Sean made sure to point out, he yeah. smoked a bunch of balls to Justin Smoke, and he just happened to be standing right there and catch them. So I don't. It was almost. it was almost as if the. His first few at bats, he was hitting the ball hard, and then his home run off the bat, it, it almost seemed just like a kind of a deep, lazy fly ball. Yeah, ball that was ball, carrying in Toronto. Yeah, that today. ball just kept hung, ball just kept going, and it got out. And it's like a classic Guardy home run, you know. Starting that, you know, career high last year, he's trying to make it. He's trying to get twenty two plus. But yeah, I mean, look, what what did I say on one of the first few episodes of this podcast? Judge, Stanton, and Gary need to be together in the lineup. And I think, you know, look, it's one game. But I think mm-hmm. today we kind of just saw that. Look, man, that's a nightmare for pitchers to get through. It, look, it's almost like I always use these cross-court analogies. But just you look at the Golden State Warriors. And what makes the Warriors so effective is if you just look at Clay, Steph. Exactly. The star power is, is right. Let's just, let's just say those guys, those three guys, it's almost impossible that all three are going to have an off night. At exactly. least, even if Curry and Durant are awful on a night, there are other guys going to step in. And that's what's going to happen with these three guys. When they're in that lineup together, especially when they're all just hitting next to each other, if Judge and Stanton both combine for 0 for 9 with seven strikeouts, Gary most likely is going to go 2 for 5 with a couple, uh, you know, a couple RBIs. That's a lot of more times than not, two of those guys are going to be clicking. So – just having those three in the lineup, it just it really it's hell. It's absolute hell for pitchers to deal. Like you said, Jay Happ, he was pitching pretty well. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, throwing up meatball. I, look, we're gonna talk, we're gonna get into Severino, and that's I think a good good segue. You know, Severino, I know I'm almost gonna sound like a hater saying this, but like he pitched very well today, but he wasn't great to me. He left no, a lot not, of pitches up in the zone. I mean, it's but you look at the stat line, you say, wow, one hit, five and two thirds, you know, 92 pitches. Obviously, you know, he def- Boone definitely lets him finish that inning if it's not opening day. You know, I understood taking yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely, there's those fans complaining that he pitched only 91 what? pitches and he still had a shutout going. Yeah. But it's opening day, like you said, like, like he's going to get some outings where he's going to be able to go the distance. And I think that's not a really good descriptive of how Boone's going to treat the pitchers. I'm exactly. pretty sure it's just, it was opening day. I'm pretty sure I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure he never hit above 70, 75 pitches in spring training. So this was just the next step. And I'm sure Boone's going to do the same exact thing with with Gray and CC, assuming they're able to get to that 90 or so pitch mark. And then once we get into mid-April, well, I'll see him letting the um, curtain back and letting them just go as far as they can while being productive. 
Yeah, because Severino, you know, you never know. Once you get past 90 pitches, you never know when that eight-plus pitch at bat's coming. And then exactly. you, all of a sudden you go from 92 pitches to 100 pitches. So, yeah, it was the right move to take him out, especially putting Green in. Who, and Green looked like, phenomenal. Absolutely yeah, like I phenomenal. tweeted out, he literally just picked up right where he left off last year. Just Guys barely could touch him. Batanzas, uh, not so much. But, you know, to, to talk about Severino, I believe at one point, once he had like 60, 65 pitches, he only threw a couple changeups. It was yeah, like 32 fastballs that. and I think 28 sliders, something mm-hmm. around there. He was throwing a lot of sliders, man. And yeah, there was some sharp pitch tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, there were some of those pitches, man. He was just leaving up, and the Blue Jays just did not capitalize on any of them. But yeah, so Severino, but that just shows you, I think, the evolution of Severino. What may we may be in store for is, hey, he didn't even have his A stuff, yet he still managed to go five and two third shutout innings and giving up one hit. Mm-hmm. I believe striking out six. I believe something like that. Oh, uh, let's look. He struck out seven. Seven batters. Seven. Seven. So, Luigi, real quick, I want you to look. So, do you have the uh, the notes pulled up? Mm-hmm. All right, I want you to look at look at the p- number of pitches from the Yankees offense compared to the Blue Jays offense. And I honestly think that tells the story of the game right there. Because like you said, Luis Severino did not have his best stuff. But what he did was when he when he wasn't missing early in the count, he attacked the zone and got the Blue Jays to not go into deep counts. Because if I'm looking at it now, I see Gardner 30 pitches, Judge 25, Stan 24, Sanchez 21. All these guys are having a lot of pitches. And then you have like, Granderson, who's a four-hole hitter, only saw 15 pitches. DD4 at bats, 10 pitches. Unbelievable. We got got an anomaly there. DD's not known for going deep into counts. But I'm just talking, if you look at both teams as a whole, I think the number of pitches is one of the ways that define this game. The Yankees obviously had an approach against Hap, who's not, like you said, not a bad pitcher, didn't have a bad outing. But they worked the count, got their pitches, clobbered them when they got them. And the Blue Jays were just unable to do that. Yeah, really. The Blue Jays, besides the home run off Patantis by, uh, I believe it was Pilar, they really didn't square up. Like at, only the only balls they really squared up. It seemed like all game were off Patantis. Mm-hmm. And it was that one was, pitch. I mean, I know yeah. he, I know he gave up. I know he gave up some hard hit outs, mm-hmm. but he, I'm pretty glad he was able to settle down and not make that into because the Yankees had some bullpen fallouts last season, and I'm glad that this game didn't turn out to that. I think Patantis, he, he just. He probably knew he didn't have his ace stuff, so he just settled down through strikes and let his defense do work behind him. It, it is weird though because you know, like right away, like he comes in, he just gives it the home run, the home run, and you're just kind of almost looking around, like, oh my god, is this is this come come on, like mm-hmm. this can't be happening. He's still got, but I mean, would you rather him do that or go, I, I would have been more worried if you know he came out and just threw five four pitches that were nowhere close. And yeah, I'm just I'm looking the no so walks like, is what I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with from him. Okay, you give up a home run first pitch, fine. You're trying to get ahead. You're, you're up six runs, shake it off. Your offense is your offense is holding is um, doing their stuff today. Just get out there, throw strikes, let your defense right. do work. Like and get fine. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just keep in the zone, get the next three outs, settle down. But I, I was a little surprised that the uh, Boone used Chappie today. Uh, you know, not the save situation. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. I guess I get, you don't have to use your closer when it's purely a save situation. But I was expecting to see a D. Robert Canley in that spot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe that's Boone's kind of way of telling us that he's not going to really rely on that bullpen row. I mean, obviously, obviously Chapman's going to be the closer. That's I'm pretty sure pretty obvious at this point, but mm-hmm. maybe that's just his way of saying, Hey, I'm not afraid to burn out Chapman one night just to secure the win. And then, cause I can just throw in D Rob or Canely or let Warren pitch the seventh one night. And I think that's kind of Boone's way of showing us that by him using Chapman tonight. Like he did. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, just that honestly, that was really the, the perfect opening day after just years and years of suffering on opening day. Yeah, I haven't but, stopped listening to Frank Sinatra since in the last I, I, but really it's just that it's something that it literally hits you every opening day. Like you don't think of, you don't remember it all season until opening day when you mm-hmm. go, Oh yeah, the Yankees currently have the long I think that was their first road opening day win since two thousand six. I believe that's, 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 that's absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time, a long time, but yeah, you know, the couple other things, only other guy with a uh, multi home run game in his first game play as the Yankee Roger Maris in 1960. That was of course tweeted out by Katie Sharp, who tweets out like every ridiculous stat and yeah. every story. We, uh, we're not the biggest fan of the river ad blues over here at the Bronx mama ball, but uh, <laughs> I, I have mad respect for Katie Sharp. The stuff that she yeah, puts no, out there is phenomenal. Even because like, you know, I'm a giants fan too. Even for like football, she'll put out like a lot of like really mm-hmm. cool tournament too. And like college basketball, a lot of good stuff. But, uh, you know, let's just take a look at this team as like an outlook for the season. Cause you know, obviously we didn't really do like a preview show, but yeah. You look at this, let's just talk, like, we talk about the lineup, you know, and, like, I think even on the Blue, you know, my dad was telling me because he was watching the uh, Blue Jays announcing on MLB Network, or MLB TV, I should say. Like, you know, they were even talking about, you know, Judge hitting leadoff and all this. So, the whole Judge hitting leadoff, like, it is a thing. But, you know, if Gardner keeps having games like he had today, and I'm not just talking about going one for five, but, you know, just his at-bats and just mm-hmm. the way he's exactly. the, uh, you know, if I, like, he, he's going to be the leadoff hitter. You know, but, like my whole mm-hmm. my whole thing with guard, like Judge becoming leadoff hitter was, you know, kind of almost a bold take that, you know, I don't think Gardner is just going to be the player he's been the last few seasons. Definitely. And any sort of drop off from Gardner, you know, two six, two sixty and let's say a three seventy on base percentage to a two forty and three fifty on base percentage is a big deal. You know, so I don't know, but if yeah, he really he had some great at bats today. He had a home run just. That that right there, like that top four, that's the lineup. Like I, I, I was never a person because there's so many people. Like a week ago, you know, let's not laugh. Like it was years ago. Greg, Greg Bird, Bird has to hit, he has to hit third and exactly, one. Exactly, dude. There were so many people I was hearing on Twitter, on other podcasts. Like, oh well, yeah, Greg Bird's a three guy. He has to be. I'm like, why? Why yeah. does he has to be? Why does the guy that hit 190 last year? I don't care if he was hurt. I don't care if he got shot in the foot before every game. He was very <laughs> bad last year. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Honestly, I think like I, I never got it. I never understood why people were just saying, "Oh, Greg Bird is the three hitter." I said, "Why? He's is he on the same caliber of hitter as as the big three that the Yankees have? No, so he should be hitting sixth or hitting seventh." And you know, like obviously, I'm upset that Bird's hurt, and you know, especially if Austin is hurt, which I don't think he is. But we'll get into that a little yeah. later. But yeah, just I'm glad that Boone is putting those three guys together and. I think that's going to it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I think like you touched on it earlier, having those three together, it kind of like contributes something to the pitcher that you can't really keep track of in a scorebook because of course there's a pitch count, but I definitely think the stress of each pitch has a lot more of an impact than people take into an account. And I think having the pitch to judge, then to stand, then to Sanchez, that that stress put on the pitcher's arm and the pitch count, I think that those pitches to those three hitters are a lot more detrimental to the pitcher than facing like, you know, maybe throwing Bird in there, who's not a bad hitter by any means, but it's it's a lot easier for a guy like Jay Half to pitch to Greg Bird than John Carl Stan. Because if you think about it, Bird would have been in that three hole, 
And I'm pretty sure John Carl Stanton came up with two outs in a couple scenarios today. And that would have been Greg Bird. And I'm not saying Greg Bird wouldn't have gotten the job done, but I think having Stanton there after having to work to either get Judge out or barely getting by Judge of him doing limiting damage, I think that is definitely the formula the Yankees should stick to. And like you said of Gardner, he saw 30 pitches today. That's in the he had five at bat, six pitch at bats. So that's absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Gardner like look, Gardner is the leadoff hitter. He is until someone until he really until he himself loses that role because yeah judge could be hitting 400 right? if judge is is ripping ball and gardner's doing his thing they're going to keep judge in the spot he's in 100 uh, yeah judge had a great game today uh, for his first at bat was you know just was, like that classic yeah. classic judge strike out of bat. yeah exactly flicking his literally, sliders he literally out of looks like an oaf that just never has picked up a baseball bat before and just all of a sudden just start swinging it. But then his next up, his next two at-bats, he gets hits. And you say, oh, there's that guy. But, yeah, so Tyler Austin today, it, I think it was a defensive replacement. You know, he uh, he had, he had did kind of almost hop over. Well, I, I wouldn't call it a collision, but, mm-hmm. you know, he almost kind of, uh, kind of hopped over smoke. And, you know, the moment he was out of the game, you know, like he just said, it was literally just uh, hand in the face. Just no, another first baseman down. Like, who would we go to? M- Miguel Andujar starting to come in my mind. Like, wow, is he ready for first base yeah. after uh, ten days at the position? But yeah, it's it was scary. But I, I think it was just a defensive replacement. But yeah, uh, I, 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 I want to talk about real quick okay. before we uh, move on, is Neil Walker. Yeah, Neil Walker. Uh, he impressed me, man. Yeah. Uh, you, we, we touched on a little bit earlier, but you know Brandon Drury. I think I think Drury. Yeah, I think Drury had a hit, but yeah, he had a base I don't know. There, there was just something about Walker that, like you know, I said I don't know, man. I, I like this guy. This guy could be like that classic. I don't want to call him like a Chuck Knobloch, but just that classic. No, like, I agree, hundred percent. He's a gamer, kind of, man. Yeah, kind of like that, like you know, just gritty guy at the bottom of your lineup that every World Series team needs, every like top team needs, and yeah. I I really think it's looking more likely that Drury is going to be the guy that uh, moves out. Yeah. If uh, if, so- if someone's going to lose the role, it's probably going to be Drury more likely than Walker. Yeah, I mean, Walker, I mean, he showed great athleticism today with, like you said, the sliding behind first base to prevent Granderson from getting the third. And then he, he just so, like, he so seamlessly moved over to first base and made a nice stretch play when he's, he has first base experience, but he hasn't played it for a, very long time I think like last year game. he played like what 15 20 games at yeah first i think yeah that. i think when eric thames started to kind of go downhill i think that's when they um started let walker get some ab's there but yeah i'm with you on walker and i'm with you on austin i definitely think it was just a defensive replacement because walker or not walker austin hits lefty substantially better and the blue jays already used aaron loop who's their only lefty out of the pen so they're going to see predominantly right-handed pitchers for the rest of the game so i think they just got wade in there wade's probably a better defender than walker is a second not that walker's a poor defender but i definitely do think wade's athleticism showed even at the end of the game today and walker's no slouch at first base i think he's athletic i think he's make, he's been making some nice picks nice stretches so i d- definitely think they went for the matchup there i mean i hope nothing's wrong with austin because first base has been cursed yeah. for the yankees but I'm with you on both Walker and Austin. Yeah, and another thing, I'm you know I'm just looking at the Blue Jays, uh, like their box score and you know their pitchers. Just like we're really, it really is incredible how amazing the Yankees bullpen is because you just look at look who the blue the Blue Jays went to today. Exactly, Axford, Loop, Barnes, O, and Clifford. 
Like that's the that's pretty much that's most of their bullpen. Like those are the guys like you're looking at. Because look, I I honestly think the Blue Jays are going to probably make the second wild card. Really? Because I I mean, as bold as that sounds, like mm-hmm. I honestly think that the AL besides the top four and the Indians, Yankees, that's fair. That's fair. Astros, um, the Red Sox, like look. The, did anyone think the Twins were going to get that second wild card last mm-hmm. year? No, they kind of just almost said, like, you know, I mean, what did they win? 85? Like, I feel like 85, 86 wins could get you that second wild card spot. And the Blue Jays are a team that, I don't know, I feel like they could do it, but it just really, like, a team like that, that probably has a chance, a decent, a decent shot of making the wild card spot. Like, that's their bullpen. And yeah. even the Red Sox, like, we're going to talk about the, uh, oh, we're going to talk about the Red Sox. That happened today. Like, you know, the Red Sox bullpen, doesn't just doesn't scare you like yeah. at all they went i mean yes yeah, so let's just talk let's start oh, talking about the red Sox yeah let's do that let's get into we're gonna, that we're gonna uh talk about some like over-unders for the season and who we think is going to be the team mvp and stuff but yeah let's talk so the red Sox and rays open their season today and uh you know it was going well for the red Sox. chris sale um chris sale from april to august is the best pitcher in baseball, probably. Yeah, he's up there for sure. Um, uh, probably him and Kershaw, but more. Both those guys are, uh, you know, not the same. September on, but yeah. So six innings. That much like Luis Severino, Chris Sale also was just out there dealing. Six innings, one hit, no runs, three walks, nine Ks, ninety-two pitches. So pretty similar stat line to Severino, but it it all went downhill from there. Uh, Barnes came in through one two got a one two three inning so it was all well but good our good boy Joe Kelly uh he got absolutely uh well, he didn't get, yeah I was about to say he I was gonna say he got absolutely hammered but he hammered himself listen to stat line a third of an innings one hit one hit four runs three walks so uh if you want to know what this one hit was, it was a bases clearing triple by Denard Span. Denard Span, the throw in from the Giants. I love it. And yeah, I believe I actually think the triple was off Smith because he got the loss. So I believe he let up the uh, triple. But regardless, the Red Sox just completely blew a game today against the Rays, yeah. who maybe one of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, it's. Only time will tell, but yeah, that's you know it's it's a long season. Obviously, baseball is so different, but yeah, I mean, I think the Red Sox. You just look at their bullpen, and I really think that's going to be a big problem for them. Obviously, they have Kimbrel, mm-hmm. but that in games that are you know tie games and games they're down by one or two, they're they're in trouble because they don't have a lot of guys that can just come in and shut it down and keep it close. But. Yeah. I mean, the Red Sox definitely were in control for most of this game. I mean, I didn't watch the game because there's a more important yeah, game obviously. going on. But uh, they definitely looks like they handled Archer, who they let up four runs in six innings. And Sale did his job. And even Barnes did all right. But, I mean, you, if you're relying on Joe Kelly, who the once proclaimed, I'm going to win the Cy Young Award, and I don't think he's ever started <laughs> for a full season, I, I'm going to have to find that um, tweet by him. I thought that was pretty hysterical when he said Eduardo it. Nu- Eduardo Nunez inside the park home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I asked one of my Red Sox buddies if Eduardo Nunez's helmet stayed on for the whole yeah, time around. No, no. Yeah, everyone was wondering that. I'm like, why is anyone wondering? Any- like, come on. Like, his helmet would f- his helmet would fall off in the dugout. Like, mm-hmm. that guy. 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm honestly with you, Luigi. This bullpen, the Red Sox starting staff, I, I mean, I think it's a little overrated, but I do think it is probably top tier in the AL compared to the other um, rotations. But And their offense is definitely going to do the job. But their bullpen, man, if you're relying on Joe Kelly and Carson Smith, who Carson Smith was a good reliever before his injury bug hit, but if you're relying mm-hmm. on these guys and they're facing the wor- arguably the worst offense in the American League, I mean, they have Rob Ref Snyder as their designated hitter. Are you I kidding? Know. Are you kidding me? You know, you know it's bad when your, your DH is your number nine hitter. And Rob like, Ressler, they, so claim, they claim their designated hitter off of waivers, Luigi. Yeah. Like, like, are you serious? Your DH is literally specifically for hitting. And when he's hitting ninth, that just it's literally like a double a double negative. But Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm with you, man. I don't think – I mean, I think the Red Sox are going to be a good team. I think they do get that first wild card spot. But they're going to have to do something with this bullpen. I was – I'm surprised they didn't go after Holland or another one of the high-profile names as they uh, – Would Holland sign for $14 million today? Yeah, with the Cardinals. Man. Yeah. Good for him, though. I was I was That's rooting for big, him. Big money, man. They, the Cardinals need it, though. Their bullpen, I'm pretty sure, lost them the game today as well. Man, Moustakis, probably looking at that like, oh, man. But, yeah. So, let, let, I just want – let's look at the Red Sox lineup. Because yeah. I wanted to – I'm just going to run through it real quick. So today they rolled out Mookie Betts, obviously, as the leadoff hitter, which isn't going to change. Ben Attendee, Hanley, um, Mitch Moreland came in for Hanley. Then JD was hitting cleanup. He went 0 for 3 today hmm. with a uh, walk. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Rafi Devers, Eduardo Nunez, Jackie Bradley Jr., and then Vasquez at catcher. You know, it's a pretty good lineup. It really yeah. is. And it really depends on, you know, what JD does and if he could – you know, capture that lightning in a bottle that he had last year. I mean, his freaking 40 home runs in almost like 120 games. He was just ridiculous last year. But I really think it's a strength of the Red Sox because if Hanley could hit, if if got, I've got like – because, look, Rafael Devers scares the holy hell out of me. You know, that dude is uh, – I could see him being a uh, – just taking that next step. Like, I'm not going to say like like an Aaron Judge, but I could see him having like a pretty big season. So – which which one hitter on the Red Sox like scares you the most? I mean, other than JD Martinez and then Rafael Devers when he's facing Aroldis Chapman in the ninth inning or whatever inning that uh, he took him deep last year. I mean, really none of them do. I mean, even Mookie Betts, who's I think a very good hitter and he's going to be a perennial MVP candidate. Like if he's up with the game on the line and I'm the other team, I'm not really like that scared. I mean, I think he's a solid hitter and he'll probably get the job done, but they just don't have like the names that the Yankees have, like the Stanton, the Judge, the Gary, the Didi. I mean, just I mean, Han- Hanley Ramirez is your third hitter. I don't think Hanley Ramirez, if he was on the Yankees, I'm pretty sure he'd be hitting eighth or ninth, honestly, if he was even lucky enough to get a spot in the order. Yeah. Hanley was, I mean, like, you know, being from South Florida, Hanley was, like, the man when he was coming up. Like, he was one of my favorite thought, players when I was younger. Yeah, man. Like, everyone thought he was going to be so great. I mean, you know, he's had a pretty good career. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to – he's a 290 career hitter. You know, he's had a mm-hmm. very, very good career. But, you know, like, people – like, he – it's it's almost one of those things, like, uh, like guys are so hyped and guys, like, are so uh, placed on such a high pedestal. It's almost impossible for them to live up to the hype. But, yeah, I mean – Hanley last year, I mean, he, I think he hit 240 last year. Yeah. So he, atrocious think, power numbers. Yeah, that that was really the one thing about the Red Sox last year that I always would say. I say, you know, their lineup's very good, but there's not that one guy or that like mm-hmm. that one spot in the lineup that you just say, oh my god, we got to get through this guy. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, better up. Like, oh, 
that like because you know like when we you know the old Yankees Red Sox you know all throughout the two thousands mm-hmm, definitely Manny and Ortiz and like Euclid there's always guys in the lineup that you just like would get mad at and like the Yankees have that now with Judge Stanton and Gary mm-hmm. you know guys, like you know fans opposing fans are just gonna scratch their heads and just gonna get very mad when they see those guys those guys are coming up to the plate but. The Red Sox just don't have that yet, and that's why I talk about Devers. And you know that was why it was such a good move for them to get JD Martinez. I wasn't as much of a fan of it as first, but I I am more so. Like, look, I'm not a fan as in like I like it. Obviously, with Red Sox, <laughs> but from a neutral standpoint, I mean, it was just such a good move for them because yeah, they, they really they needed did, it. They really yeah. did need that hitter that you know is feared, and you know JD is a guy that obviously, like I said, had a freaking unbelievable year last year, but He's not a guarantee to just do that again. I think he's only had a couple of full seasons. You know, yeah, and he gets had, hurt a lot had, too. Yeah, he's gotten hurt a lot. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see with that Red Sox team because, yeah, if – like I don't know what your opinions on are of, of the Oreos, but I feel like the – like look, the Rays, it would, act, it would actually shock me if the Rays won, went above 500. But the Oreos and Blue Jays, for whatever reason, I still feel like they could just – be kind of annoying, not so much to the Yankees, but to the Red Sox. Like they mm-hmm. could just kind of prevent the Red Sox, be the difference in the Red Sox getting 90 wins and then under 90 wins. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I think I think the Yankees and Red Sox are definitely a league above the rest in the American League East. Um, the Rays, uh, the Rays, Ra- the Rays are terrible. I mean, they pulled out the game today, but I don't think you, they. I mean, their three, four, five is Carlos Gomez, CJ Crone, and Wilson Ramos. Like that is the best and, part of that team. The best Bernard's part of that team. Yeah, the best part of that team is just like Kevin Kiermaier playing center field because that guy's like a such a great center. Yeah, field. he is definitely. But yeah, but yeah I that's mean, literally the, like that's literally like the only exciting part I find exciting thing I find about the Rays. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and honestly, some people like I saw. I think it was USA Today. I don't remember one of those websites with their predictions. They had the Orioles making the second wild card. I mean, the Orioles have some nice pieces, but their starting rotation is terrible. Their offense is either home run or strikeout. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking like John Carl judge home runs. I'm talking Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo home runs mm-hmm. and th- th- their bullpen. They have their star closers out, I think until May or June, maybe longer. And their the rest of the bullpen just isn't really that good. So I don't really see what the hype is about the Orioles, the blue Jays. I still think they're off outside of Donaldson. And we don't know if smoke's going to repeat what he did last year. I think their offense is pretty below league average and I think their starting rotation, I think, could be sneaky. But like you were saying, their bullpen, they have Clippard, who was traded away from the Yankees. Like, they forced away. They yeah, probably Clippard, begged. Like, when they were showing the Clipper graphic before the game, it was like, yeah, Clippard was on three teams last year. Hey, yeah, you want a ring. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they got Saewon O. Uh, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he uh, was pulled off the scrap heap as well. And John Axford's seen it better days. Aaron Loops just – a lefty commodity at this point doesn't really do anything else. I've never even heard of Barnes. So, yeah. I mean, I just, then the names just aren't there for any of these teams. I mean, I, I, I agree with you where I think they'd be more of a problem to the Red Sox and to the Yankees, but for them to even have a chance of making a run, I just don't see it. Yeah. You know, that's when I knew that the Blue Jays just had a, like their bullpen was just bad because the first option out of the bullpen is John Axford. Yeah. And what was, what was, what was the score at that point? What? Wasn't it still a two or three run game? Yeah, it was still cool. I think he came in and gave up the hit to Stanton and made like a three nothing. Well, game. Yeah. if if you're Aaron Boone, Luigi, who would you have put in if you were the Yankees and you were down that situation? Who would you have put in? 
I mean, pr- you know, probably if it's a big game, probably Green. Honestly. I mean, you're talking the difference between either Chad Green yeah. or David Robertson versus John Axford and Aaron Loop. Like, I could even go just, Adam Warren, and that's yeah, still a much exactly. better option. There's just no comparison there for any of these teams other John than Axford. Yeah. I think they showed his stats from last year. He had like a 6.5 ERA. And yeah. I'm saying to myself, this, now he's is the guy, <laughs> this is the guy. They're like, okay, you're saying, man, it's still a close game. Stanton's up. Let's bring in Axford. Like, that's your guy. That's you, like, <laughs> that's literally your guy, your first guy out of the bullpen. Like, that amazed me. Like, I'm no, like, man, right? like that is that is unbelievable. You, you'd bring in any good hits. It's like, yeah, that's what happens. The guy had a 6.5 ERA last year in the bullpen. That's terrible. John Axer is one of those guys, like almost like Fernando Rodney, that has you feel like he's literally been a relief pitcher on like every single team. <laughs> I know, like, and you just see him blowing games left yeah, and right. He always has like a four point eighty ERA. Like, how the hell is this guy still? For every time Rodney shoots the arrow, he allows a freaking home run. He allows a home run in the bottom yeah. of the ninth inning, like he did today. Oh yeah, but so yeah. So to recap with the Yanks, uh, yeah, Green, Batanzas, and Chapman, the bullpen today. Like I. Like I just love tracking the bullpen and like who gets used. And, yeah. All right. So today, like you know, today we you know we use these guys. So you know, D. Rob and Kamley are probably gonna you know be the first guys out tomorrow. Definitely. And it's just it's great. Just <laughs> it's great to be a Yankee right now. It's one look. It's one game, right? But that was literally they like, needed that though. The Yankees yeah, needed that. that was, I think that was just a really a game that you say, wow, that could not have gone any better, but. I just want to pose a quick over and under because the over and under I saw, that I believe that Vegas put out for the Yankees in terms of wins was 93.5. And yeah, I, I, I know that I thought that was very low. And I understand that they won 91 mm-hmm. last year. And I also understand that, you know, baseball, there's just, there's some years in baseball that the best team only wins like 96, 97 games. Like it's yeah. baseball's weird like that. We're almost like, there's not a lot of like terrible teams. So then there's not a lot of great teams. Like I don't, it's just, it's tough to explain, but it's almost like everything regresses to the mean. So you just never know when a team, despite having a great year is only going to win 93, 94 games. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I just look at this Yankees team and I say, man, if they click, they're probably going to win a hundred plus games. Like, yeah. I could, it wouldn't surprise me if they won like a hundred, five hundred, hundred six games. And that's not to say like, if they did that, then they would just, you know, waltz their way to the world series. And that's it. Cause you know, not that the re- it doesn't make a difference if you win your division winning 93 games or win your division winning 108 games. No, not at all. Right? Like, it really just – like, you know, obviously home field advantage. But in terms of making a run, I think it it really comes down to, for the Yankees to that home field advantage. So, I think it's going to be very important for them to get, get those win totals up because I believe the Astros were over 100 last year and so were the Indians. Yep. I mean, it didn't work out too well for the Indians in the end because we all know how that went. Nope. But uh, I definitely but, do but think. Look, if we're down, <laughs> let's just say this: if we're down two zero to the Indians again this year, look, we want home field advantage. Yeah, exactly. You're it's right, like, 100. percent not. I don't think they lost a home playoff game last year. No, and that's why I think if the Yankees are able to get that home field advantage, like if they have the home field advantage in the ALCS, who knows? They could have been a World Series team. For all we know, and the Astros could have never went on the run that they did to win the World Series. But I think you're right. I think 93.5 is almost a laughable estimate for me to do an over/under on because they won 91 games last year and they had Chase Headley starting at first base for the majority of the season, and they were Chris without Carter. Chris Carter and the NL. They were without the NL MVP 
and they didn't have Sonny Gray for a full season. And Masahiro Tanaka was one of the worst pitchers in the American League. So to say they would only win 93, 94 games, I think that's pretty laughable. Especially, um, don't know if you heard this on yesterday, but Michael Kay said based on run differential uh, and other baseball predictor models, the Yankees should have won 100 games last year. It just happened to be they had those games. Mm -hmm. where the yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, Batances and Chapman both were just so bad. Uh, that's just such a good – Certain Blue Jay reliever also was pretty bad when he was on the Yankees. Blew a handful when of games. You, if you just think about the Tances and Chapman, you say, like, mm -hmm. "Oh well, it's like it's." It almost sounds casual to say, "Well, oh, if these two guys both had a one point four ERA, then we win a hundred games." But both those guys usually do have, you know, ERAs in the high ones and the low twos. Both mm -hmm. those guys usually don't have stretches like they had for that long of a period of time. So, yeah, it really isn't crazy to think that if those if those guys both you know, have consistent years and stay level all year that the Yankees do win a hundred games. But I was going to say about the Orioles earlier. I think they said this on the yes broadcast. I'm not sure. These, I think the Orioles had Chris Davis hitting leadoff. They today. did have Chris Davis hitting leadoff. Your what the hell is that? Like, I, <laughs> who, who, who do the Orioles face today? Do you know? Off the top of your head? Not the top of my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check real quick and see which pitcher they face. Because honestly, because they're talking about the how twins. Like, the, twins? the twins. Okay. So they face Jake Odorizzi. So, I mean, okay. I, I can see the righty-lefty matchup, but Michael Kay was talking about, like, the reason why the Yankees consider Judge is because you want your best hitter to be hitting leadoff. There's, I'm sorry. There's no way Chris Davis is the best hitter on the Orioles. It, it's really it's, not. It's like you want, your you want your best hitter to be hitting leadoff, but there's, like, there's limits. Like, exactly. I, I think we said, me and Alex were talking around the, the Judge pod we did, that, look, I don't need my leadoff hitter to run a – 6.6 60-yard dash and the steal 50 bases. Oh, game. definitely. You don't need but, that. But, you know, I also – he also can't, you know, be slow – like Greg Bird slow and, like, yeah. be no threat to steal base. Like, that mm -hmm. also can't happen. But, yes, definitely. you know, like, I, I don't mind, like, having a leadoff hitter like Judge who – I think Judge is going to be a guy that steals around, like, 10, 12 bases. Yeah, I think he's a sneaky stealer, I think. I mean, obviously he doesn't – he's not only on first base often because most of the time he gets extra base I mean, hits. He scored, look, he scored from first to home today on that stand. Yeah, he, he, mean, was he was hauling. I, I wasn't – you know, like I was, like, doing some laundry. I almost thought, like, he was just on second. Yeah, and I realized I heard oh Kay say, and here comes Judge around third. And I was yeah, like, oh, my, my goodness. And it sounded like he got in easy because I was also – I was walking to mm -hmm. class. So I was just listening to the game. But it sounded like he got in very easy. I didn't actually see the play, but mm – -hmm. yeah, Adam, Adam Jones hit a walk-off off, off our boy, Fernando Rodney. That Fernando Rodney. I told you, man, Fernando Rodney lost me lost me eight fantasy points or whatever it was today in oh, my league. Yeah. So that – you hate to see it. It's not what you yeah, want. Uh I kind of got screwed today because I just realized or just found out that Zunino is not starting. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and my backup catcher not playing, but it really doesn't matter. I'm yeah. um, losing anyways. Uh, Dylan Bunny for the Orioles had a great game. They seven shutout in. He's phenomenal, man. I think he's underrated. I think he's going to – like like I said, their starting rotation I think is absolutely atrocious. And I, But I do think he's going to be the diamond in the rough for that team because I think he was a super prospect coming up and then just had multiple injuries that he just couldn't get a chance to come up in the big leagues for an extended time. But I agree. I think he's going to be a great pitcher, and I could see him one day playing for maybe a, an actual contending team and being an ace of the staff. Yeah, well, the Orioles, the Orioles sure need it because, you know, them, like the Orioles and the Blue Jays have, they're almost such like a similar team over the past five years. If you put an ace on either of those teams, like a, you know, like a legitimate ace, a legitimate pitching staff, mm -hmm. they might have a ring. 
Well, think about it. Last time some the of the, those, those offenses from like 2011, uh-huh. like 14 or 15, even 15, were just they were good. Awesome. They were good. They were like like when Adam Jones and Chris Davis and Machado and even like guys like Weeders, they had they always had boppers, man. Like just one through nine, it was. Oh, never fun playing pitching against the Orioles. Well, think about it. When was the last time the Blue Jays made the playoffs, Luigi? Who was the, who was their best pitcher on their staff? Can huh. you think about it? Huh. If not, I can tell you. Hmm. Off the top of my head, he was actually. he was he's acquired midseason. If that helps. Um, I'm going blank here, Ryan. David Price. So I mean, it was in his in you his said, prime. Oh, David you Price. said pit, you said. You said starting pitcher. Yeah, right? yeah, because you were talking about like if those teams had aces, <laughs> that they would be able to. Uh... You, said, you said starting pitcher. What did I say? Uh, you, you said starting pitcher. Like I thought we were just talking about starters, so I wasn't thinking about David Price as a starting pitcher. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, no, but, I, yeah, but you're right, you're right though. They, those teams they don't have an ace. They don't have those stoppers in the bullpen, and they have decent hitters, but they just they don't have the the Aaron Judges or the John Carl Stans. They don't. They just really don't. And I yeah, the AL East I think is it's going to be interesting. I think there's there's one there's one guarantee. I think that the Red Sox and the Yankees will be the two best teams. That the Rays will most likely be the worst team. Yeah. But, Let's look at tomorrow's game. I believe the Yankees are on MLB Network tomorrow. All right. Back at it at in Toronto. Game two of four of the series. Uh, it's going to be Masahiro Tanaka versus Aaron Sanchez. I mean, look, to face the year, look, the J-Hap is, you know, is a fine pitcher. But to face the year facing J-Hap and then Aaron Sanchez, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – like just think of it. If you're facing the Nationals, you have to face Scherzer and Strasburg. For yeah, the year. this is terrible. I mean, it's facing uh, Jay Happ and Aaron Sanchez to start the year is pretty good living. Pretty good living. But I think so. How are you uh, feeling about Tanaka? How how do you think he's going to come out and do tomorrow? Well, Tanaka. It, it just depends on the home run ball, Luigi, because Tanaka's biggest weakness in his pitching is the home run ball. He allowed, he allowed 35 last year. Pretty sure that led the American League. And if not, it was definitely his it definitely was his career high by far. But I definitely think his strikeouts, like I was looking at this when I was reading the Tanaka pinstripe preview. He had his record for the most strikeouts in a single season for himself last year. I think he had 195. So I definitely think that the, the swing and miss stuff is there. And if he's able to capitalize that, and not allow the long ball, I think we're in for a really good outing from Tanaka tomorrow, and especially because the Blue Jays don't really have the power hitters that they're used to having, like the Edwins, the Joey Bats. Uh, we've seen better days from Donaldson and Smoke. And I just think that Tanaka we definitely has. clearly seen better days from Donaldson. I mean, we saw the, we used to see the days where he could reach first base from Holy his position. That was, that was tough to watch, man. Did you see what Gibbons said after the game about it? What did he say? He said Donaldson's doing a dead arm. I don't really get how his arm's dead after the first game of the season, but to each their own, I guess. Yeah, right. it's not, not exactly the the best thing. <laughs> it's not what you it's want. It's like a fatigue thing. Yeah. But yeah, so we're, that's gonna be our show. We'll wrap it up. Uh, probably do another show Sunday. But you left one question, Luigi, and I'm gonna pose this. I'll pose it to you. Oh, so, should the Yankees right. be the World Series favorite? You know, I think they should because the Astros, I know that they're great. I know that the Dodgers are also great. But 
you really just the addition of Giancarlo Stanton, it really, I think, does just put the Yankees just slightly over that top. And not even the addition of Giancarlo, when you just look at their pitching staff as a whole, I mean, most of their guys, especially their bullpen, this is a, this was a team that guys like Chad Green, guys like Tansis, guys like even Tanaka, Sevi, these guys did not have postseason experience. No, not in the slightest. You know, they just did not. I mean, but and you think with Patances, you know, he was a guy that was a four-time All-Star, and I believe before last season, his only postseason experience was, I believe, he threw like an inning or inning two-thirds in that wild card game with the Yankees lost to the Astros. Yeah, and yeah, it's like all these guys like look, getting that postseason experience is so valuable. Like, look, I. I know you don't want to talk about a lot about college basketball, but it's something mm. I always talk about in college basketball. When you see these teams like Butler and you see these teams that are just in the tournament every year, yeah, that means something. Going playing a tournament game or two each year, and then you put together a team of guys that have all, mostly have tournament experience. It means something. That was a big deal with the Florida State this year. Mm-hmm. We got waxed last year in the tournament, but that whole almost that whole team came back and made a run. Because they were not only because, but a big part because they just had that tournament experience, and that's what this Yankee team is going to have. They have that. They went, you know, they were down 2 0 in the ALDS, they fought back, and then they went seven games with the eventual World Series champs. Like that means something. They're going to bring that into next year. And, you know, it's like the Astros and the Indians, and these were teams that, you know, before last year, they were making the playoffs, they were like doing well, you know, especially the Indians. But yeah, I just, it's it really is just tough. Like you're not gonna. It's something that it's definitely like de- debatable. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna just dis- like be like mad if someone says, "Oh, like, I think the Astros or I think the Dodgers should be the World Series favorites." Because I, you know, both those teams have better rotations than the Yankees. But it's yeah, it's respectable. Yeah, so not not better bullpens and the overall pitching staff is debatable. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something real quick, Luigi, because I'm just I'm just gonna make my um, little spiel on this really short and sweet. The Yankees did three things right today. They hit the crap out of the ball. They didn't let the Blue Jays get any runners on early on because of dominant starting pitching. And then they shut the door with the bullpen. I mean, what else could you want from a team? Like, you literally cannot ask for anything else. If they keep this formula going, they're obvious World Series favorites, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so let's just see if the Yankees could keep on going. Let's see if they could complete the sweep. Now – I, don't, I know Stroman's not pitching tomorrow, but is Stroman pitching this week? Game four. Game four. Okay. Okay. I think they got Estrada going. This is off of memory. Estrada game three, Stroman game mm-hmm. four. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I think that's what they got going on. Yeah. Um, and is David Price pitching for the Red Sox tomorrow? Pretty sure they have him lined up as number two. So, yeah, we'll get to see what that's all about. See if he can uh, show more than being a glorified, overpaid long dude, man. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, I really just do want to just see him suck. Like, I really do just want to see him just suck as a start. In the, you like, really do. Like, I feel bad for the guy because I like seeing him pitch for the Rays and the Tigers. But you really do want to see him go out two innings and then oh, yeah, no, call the was, trainer and have him come look at his elbow. Like, you, it would be one of the funniest moments he was, of this young awesome. season. He was awesome on, on the Rays. Like, him coming up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was a great pitcher for them. But – yeah, I mean David Price. Like really, David Price is just he. I really feel like not obviously during the regular season one thing, but I really do feel like it's just gonna be like last postseason. Once it comes to the postseason, if the Red Sox make the playoffs, I really feel like he's most likely gonna be used as a bullpen guy. Like he might get a start here mm-hmm. and there, but they're gonna just want to use him as a bullpen guy. Definitely. So that's our show. 
And Giancarlo Stanton has two home runs as a New York Yankee. Um, it, let's we didn't even talk about this. What what do you think of Sterling's Italian call? Well, can you can you say it? Because here's my thing: if I can't even say the call, because I'm I'm a big fan of tweeting his calls when people hit home runs. So, like when Gary hits a home run, I always love tweeting out Gary is scary. He just blasts a home run, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can even pronounce Sterling's call. I mean, I respect that he did it in Italian and he like did a a cool out of the box rhyme, but I mean, how do you not do Stanton Island or Don Carlo? Like, I just don't understand how you don't fit those in. Cause maybe, maybe we're just very uncreative and too cliche, but I don't know. What do you think? So the home run call and Giancarlo non si può stapparlo. No, it was pretty, 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 pretty butchered, but I think you got it. Giancarlo, <laughs> you can't stop him. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing, though. Like, I understand that, like, Giancarlo sounds Italian, but, like, Stanton's, like, not even Italian. And, like, Sterling obviously knows that, <laughs> but it's just, like, ah. Like, the Giancarlo hits at John Farlow or, like, Stanton Island. Like, it's just too perfect. Like, you have it to really is. That. I'd agree. Like, you, you, sometimes, like, look, sometimes an opportunity is right there. You just can't, like, figure, you just have to go right to it. You can't try to overcomplicate it. And mm-hmm. take like some like alternate route and go your own way. Like, no, nah, man, it's, it's right there. You just take it, Sterling. You you've come up with creative home run calls before. Just take this one. It's it's right there for you. Sometimes you just gotta keep it simple, man. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, so we'll be back as always. And I'm Matt. And for Ryan, peace out, boys. Cheers.